Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The top 24 in the running back position today here on the Prospects and Props podcast. Chris Schuber, Jamie Eisner, back with you here once again on the show. We are firmly into RB2 and RB1 territory. 24 names for us to go through here today on the show. Should be very interesting to see where Jamie has all these players ranked, which players cause the most conversation here on the show, and that's exactly what we get to embark on here. And Jamie, I think we do it the same way we did yesterday. We'll do it in chunks. And then we will talk about whatever player inside those chunks uh, generate the most conversation. So we start with the players that are still left uh, in the 20s. 24, Houston, Texas. Chris, back. let's do chunks of six. Let's do four chunks of six. I, I, I know okay, we did I, 10. I, I think I think we need to go to a review system. I think you burned a timeout there. I know you didn't actually call a timeout, but I think you burned a timeout there with what you did. So I think, right, should, I'll, I'll, I think you only I'll have two remaining. Okay, I'll take okay, it. I'll okay. take the. I'll take the. I'll take the penalty here. I'll take the timeout off the board. Uh, and I think you should go in chunks of six because I think we we could spend a little bit extra time on some of these guys and we can go from there. I think t- doing ten or twelve is a lot when we're up here. Well, no, these I, are was all just, I was just going to do twenty four to twenty, and then I was going to do nineteen to ten. Like that's how I was going to do it. No, that's stupid, Chris. Do six. Well, it's easier it for my brain because I know where to stop. No. Now I got to count six. It's. A little I, bit I, you know what, Chris? I believe in you. You okay. can use your fingers if you need. Here to. Here we go. Damian Pierce, number 24, running back for the Houston Texans. Number 23, Raheem Mostert of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Number 22, David Montgomery of the Detroit Lions. Number 21, Alexander Madison, the new starting running back for the Minnesota Vikings. Travis Etienne at number 20, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And at number 19, the sixth member of this little tier that we're discussing, Najee Harris, running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Jamie, probably the two players we need to talk about the most I think in this tier are Raheem Mostert who you're higher on than most and why you hate Najee Harris so much okay so let, let's talk about both these things also by the way kind of funny that still all these years I say all these years it's like not like the third year but Najee and, and ETN can't get away from each other nope, can't do it they're still they're still they're still stuck next to each other in fantasy um all right let's talk let's talk about Raheem Mostert for a little bit here and, and look I understand that there's a lot of Dalvin Cook buzz around the Miami mm-hmm. Dolphins but I feel like Mostert's been underdrafted by a lot of people even considering even like before the Dalvin Cook stuff really started to heat up and look I know he's got injury history I know there's other backs there but he was their star back last year as by the way first predicted on on this show uh well I guess the old iteration of this show as my cat decides to drag a toy around here um but Mostert had a really solid season um, for the most part. I mean, he was averaging nearly 10 fantasy points per game. Um, I know he had some up and down periods. He had some games where, you know, he hit you with that four or five, but he also had some boom games as well. And, you know, he finished in total points. He finished as RB 26 in, in half PPR. And I believe I'm trying to see here if I do the math quickly, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 20, 20, 20. 32 uh, in average fantasy points per game. So he was giving you consistent flex value uh, as a runner last year. And I think there's no reason to believe that he can't do that again this year if he's the lead back. 
Um, I understand the concern about if Dalvin Cook goes there, and, and hopefully you have some clarity on that situation before he ends up, uh, before you end up drafting yourself. But quality offense, speedy player, guy that's second year in the system has a ton of value to, and, and brought it at times last year with adequate peaks. It wasn't just the guy that got you six or seven every week. He got you weeks where he got you 15, 16, 17, 18 fantasy points. Uh, I understand if you want to take him more as a flex and you maybe want to knock him down a couple spots here. I'm okay with that. But I think he is severely underdrafted right now. His ADP uh, is currently running back 48 and the expert ranking is running back 45. And I think that's I think that's fair if Dalvin Cook is there. I think he's probably down to that range. But right now, I think you're at an incredible value, at least up until the point where Cook shows up. Because I, I think we all like to make these assumptions, but until he's there, he's not there. Five games last year for uh, Raheem Mostert, in which he scored double digits in half PPR formats. In all five of those games, he scored at least 16 fantasy points when he crossed the double-digit threshold. Here were those games 18.7, 18.9. Uh, 16.7, 16.1, and 19.1. When he scored over the over double digits, he was a borderline RB1. His ranks in the weeks that he got to those double digits, 13, 7, 10, 13, and 8. So you're talking about a guy that he is a little boomer bust, but when he boomed, he was a solid RB1 candidate with the numbers that he was putting up on a regular basis. And I certainly think, Jamie, that year two of Mike McDaniel down there in Miami, that this offense is going to run the ball a little bit more uh, than people think. They're going to throw it, of course, because they've got Tyreek Hill, because they have Jalen Waddell. But I think in an, an effort to protect Tua a little bit, you might see an increased emphasis on running the football. They're playing Buffalo twice a year. They're playing the Jets twice a year. They're going to want to play the control the clock game against Josh Allen, against Aaron Rodgers, where they're going to want to keep other teams off the field. And I think the way they do that is with an effective ground attack. And so Raheem Mostert's going to draw in there pretty, pretty well. Uh, and again, right now, I think he's the RB1 on this depth chart until Dalvin Cook gets there. Um, and then we can have that conversation. But until he gets there, yeah. I'm not going to project this, this to look any different. And neither will I. And as I look at this and I move on to the next guy that you want to talk about, Najee Harris, um, I think name value is doing a lot for his draft stock right now. Jamie, currently being Jamie, his, his rookie season. Did you see his statistics from his rookie season in the National Football League? He was amazing. Was he? Or did he get a lot of touches? Oh, look at look at you making the volume argument. Um, and look, volume does matter, but he's not getting anywhere near those touches. I mean, he had 381 total touches as a rookie. Uh, that dropped to 313 last year. Uh, and I have him projected. Let me see here. I have him projected to be right around about 290 this year. And, and I think he's going to get some more competition from Jalen Warren, who they like and, and, and flashed at times last year. The reality is, is Najee Harris has to be volume based because he has not been a very efficient runner. I mean, this is a guy that has averaged less than four yards per carry in his career, less than four yards per carry in both seasons in the NFL. And, 3.8 last year. You know, yeah, 3.8 last year. And, and, and I know the offensive line is getting a little bit better there, but I'm not sure a lot of these issues are offensive line related versus how much are his skill set related. He's still the lead back there, but he's going to face a little bit more competition. Uh, and I just, to me, is you really need the touch volume to get you where you need to go. I mean, last year, uh, he uh, he was the RB18 in average fantasy points per game and half PPR. And I just think that that's kind of 
about where he should be. Like, I think that's what he is proving to be, unless you're going to give him 350 plus touches, which I don't see happening. So uh, right now he's ranked as an RB1. He's being drafted as an RB1 on the low end. I think RB12 is the ranking. RB11 is where he's coming off the board right now. I just, to me, I haven't seen the skill set that says he's going to be the guy that gets that sort of production for you right now. Because he, he, yes, he put up RB1 numbers his rookie year on a league leading 381 touches. I don't, that's not happening again. And I don't think that's. 272 just, last year for him statistically. And Jamie, I have the, the numbers in half PPR formats. This is a guy that was double digits uh, almost every week. Um, but do you know how many times uh, when he was in those double digits that he ended up being an RB1? It was twice. It was week 11 against Cincinnati yeah. in which he got into the end zone twice on the ground. And then it was week 17 against Baltimore where he scored 19.3 fantasy points. All those other games where he's in double digits, he's like 13. 20, RB18, RB15, RB14, yeah. RB17. This is what he is. He's a really high-end RB2, and I think that's kind of where he's going to settle in, and he kind of has settled in his career of, in a, from a fantasy lens. That's where he's going to sit. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if I'm just going to read your point totals across, you're going to see a lot of very similar numbers here. It's 9.6, 11 11.4, 11.6, 7.4, 5.1, 11.9, 9.5, 9, 9, 9. 9. 9.9, then the boom, 25.6, then 10.4, 9.7, 12, 14.6, 12.5, 19.3, another boom week, and 13.5. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not talking that down. But if you start to look at some of the 20-plus point performances and you start to look at some of the RB1s and ha- and how many games were they finishing with 15, 16, 17, 23, 20. Like he's not giving you those sort of performances, which is what kind of keeps him in this RB2 range. And again, I'm perfectly fine going into the season with my second RB, but I just don't want to draft him as an RB1 right now. Uh, another player that I want to talk about in this tier, Jamie, and I'll let you kind of set the stage because I want to do some math here to um, behind the scenes while you're talking. But let's talk about uh, just sneaking into RB2. But I think a player for me personally, a guy that I'm going to be keeping an eye on because they haven't really got brought in a backup that I think is really going to compete with him. I, I still think he's going to be the RB1 there. And that's Damian Pierce in Houston. What a great rookie season he had down there in Houston. And I'm very excited to see um, what this year in Houston looks like, because I think the offense is going to be a little bit more efficient. I think there's going to be more opportunity for him. And I think he's a guy that right now you have him as an RB2, but I think he could be a riser throughout this process. He could. My, my concern is going to be low touchdown volume for him. And, and that's my concern with being in this offense, uh, maybe them being in games where they're not really in them in the second half. And we've talked about how that could affect CJ Stroud's passing attempts as we w- looked at, uh, at all those rookie quarterback stats on, on previous episodes. That's really my concern with him is, you know, I, I think he's going to get a good amount of work, but I do think there's low touchdown upside. I don't think Devin Singletary is a nobody. Uh, and I do think that there is a purpose of bringing him in to at least take a little bit of the load away from him. But that's kind of why he comes down here, where it's to me more of a, a better real life player than a fantasy player this coming season for me. Not going to catch a ton of passes. I still think he'll be in that 30-40 catch range, which is which is perfectly fine. That that That's serviceable. But I don't think here's any one stat that he's going to really stand out for. And I don't think he's going to be a guy that we're talking about flirting with double-digit touchdowns on the ground. So... He kind of falls into this tier for me where I think it's going to look a little bit like Najee Harris uh, a bit, where it's you're going to get a lot of weeks where he's going to get you 11, 12, 13 points, but I'm not sure you're going to get a lot of those boom weeks. And I think that the 
massive 20 plus point performances a handful of times throughout the year is the difference between being an RB2 and an RB1 in fantasy. And I think he's going to kind of suffer from that because I don't see him getting multi-touchdown games. I don't see him getting seven, eight catch games. I don't see him getting the things that you need to have like matchup winning weeks at the running back position. I think he's just going to be really solid throughout. And that's why he lands here in the RB2 range. Only one game last year in which he eclipsed the 20 point mark. You talked about the touchdowns being an issue for him. He had three straight games, weeks three, week four, and week five, in which he scored a touchdown. But then he went all the way until week 14 without getting back into the end zone on the ground running the football. That's the concern. You mentioned the targets. He had 39 of them um, over the course of the games that he played. He, he got hurt and missed the last couple of weeks of the season. It was a, it was an average of three targets per game that he was getting in that offense. Maybe you feel that, that that's a little bit um, increased with a rookie quarterback slightly, but I don't think enough yeah. to really make a huge difference. And so there are I some closer to. 50 this season yeah, I think 39 somewhere 39 in, yeah. and he missed four games right so 39 yeah. and he was on pace for three yeah, per games so he added another I think he'll be somewhere right in yeah I think he's gonna be in the low 50s this year so I do think he'll get a little bit more work there but that, that that's not a calling card for his fantasy value no no but but when looking at a player that once we start to get into this the, the back half of the these RB of uh the top half of the RB2s and the back half of the RB1s, you're going to start to see that a lot of these players have some passing upside in half PPR formats yep. where they're going to get that volume, and that's kind of the difference maker. Uh, and like I said, the only one boom week for Damian Pierce uh, in 2022. All right, Jamie, let's get inside uh, the top 20. I have to read the next six names here. Wish me luck as I try to count here. Number 18. Just, just stop at 13, Chris. Uh, Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints. James Conner of the Cardinals at 17. Brees Hall of the New York Jets at 16. Kenneth Walker of the Seattle Seahawks at 15. Miles Sanders uh, for the Panthers at 14 and Tony Pollard uh, for the Cowboys at 13. I mean, Jamie, I think we could we could sidebar and have conversations about all of these players. Uh, let's, let's start. With, let's start with Alvin Kamara. I think that's probably the the the, the how yeah. many games are you projecting of him? I mean, he's obviously an RB two for you here at RB eighteen. But what are you projecting um, of him in terms of games for twenty twenty three? Yeah, this this is the difficult one. I I am projecting a six game suspension. I feel comfortable. Um, Betting on the value there. So I haven't projected for 11 games. Uh, I will note that he is my RB 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 in average fantasy points per game. But obviously you have to knock him down for what we assume is not going to be a full season. Um, they did bring in Jamal Williams and they have some other uh, – Kendry Willer was also yeah, was, drafted. But Thank you. Respect. I, I know you were going to yell at me if I didn't bring him up. And, and I do have some long-term concerns to the point where I don't think Alvin Kamara is on the Saints in 2024. But right now it's 2023, and I think he is one of those guys that I think is a tremendous value right now. And I'm willing to take a risk on. And, and his ADP right now uh, is RB32. And he's being drafted as – and his, his ranking is RB30. I think that's an overreaction. I think that is a reaction to being like he's going to get phased out of this offense and he's not going to be a part of it. I don't believe that's going to be a case. If the New Orleans Saints want to win the NFC South this year, which sure as hell hope they do considering they brought in Derek Carr, uh, they're going to need to use Alvin Kamara in a lot of different ways and particularly as a pass catcher. So I think you're still going to get the Kamara of old just for – you know, two thirds of the season or 60% of the season, whatever 11 divided by 17 is Chris. Can you do that math in your head? 11 divided by 17. Yes. Stand by. 65%. Okay. That's pretty close to two thirds. That was a good ballpark for me, but two thirds of the season essentially. Uh, so, but you have to understand that he, he's going to be eating up a bench spot for the first, in my estimation, six months of the year, but we have still seen him have plenty of success. Uh, six weeks, not six months. 
Or did I say six months? Yeah, I just, Sorry, six just weeks. Make big very difference. Clear. Yeah, big difference. Uh, six weeks of the season, but I still think this is a guy in his eleven games that can flirt with a thousand total yards. That can be in that seven, eight touchdown range for you. And still catch forty plus passes, and I still think you're going to get uh, a borderline RB one when he is on the field. But obviously, you're going to have to take that that period of time when he's out. So I have factored all that in, and he comes in at RB eighteen for me. I'm still going to draft him as an RB two. Uh, I think him going at RB30, and I see him go even later than that in best ball formats, I think is a tremendous overreaction. That says to me, you either think he's getting suspended for the whole year, which is not what's going to happen, or he's going to come back and not have a significant role in this offense, which I just cannot see being the case. That's what that tells me, Chris. Uh, Jamie, let's talk about uh, running back 17 so you can tell everybody why they should draft uh, James Conner because he's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield for a team that's going to be quarterbacked from some combination of Clayton Toon and Colt McCoy for the first maybe six to eight weeks of the season. And even when Kyler Murray does come back, they don't have a lot of weapons on the outside and they're going to use James Conner out out of the backfield quite a bit. He had 58 targets in 2022. And so that's where you're going to get most of your value here with James Conner. Go ahead. I'll let you tell everybody that. Uh, I actually think his target share is going to be significantly down this year. Um, without Kyler Murray. So that's not why I'm, I'm going to take Darn. him. Darn. Um, uh, I'm going to take him here. I mean, I, I have him. I also have him missing some time. I have him playing 13 games here. But um, I think even in those 13 games, he's going to be a 10 touchdown guy. Like, who's going to score touchdowns on this team? Like, well, this only, team has been. <laughs> well, can I, can, I offer, can I offer a contrarian opinion? Maybe they okay. won't they're score gonna, a lot They're going to score a couple this year. They might, maybe they, they don't yeah. score a lot of touchdowns. He might score 80% of their touchdowns. He had seven a year ago on the ground. He had seven a year ago yeah. on the ground and three in the uh, via the receiving department. So he had 10 in total yeah. last year. Yeah, and I think he can replicate that this year. They have nobody else. And he missed four like, games There is no year. competition. He played 13 games. Yeah, and I haven't missed four games this year as well. Okay. So, so 10 I mean, I, I project right that. line. Right line with what he Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I, I think he's a value right now because people are running away from him because of this Cardinals offense. And I, I think if you take him here as an RB2 – you're going to be fine. And I, I know he's an injury history, but again, I, I would say look at what he did, particularly what he did last year once Kyler Murray got hurt. Go look at his fantasy numbers. Uh, they were actually way better without Kyler Murray than they were with him. So uh, again, I'm not saying he's going to be great every single week. There's obviously injury risk and there is no standout trait, but what he will have is all of the work and a lot of touchdown opportunity when they get in the red zone. If they ever get in the red zone, okay, that was have plenty. Yeah. That's that's uh, my uh, concern is I don't know how many well, trips the thing, down there they're going to have. They'll have enough. They'll have some, but you know what I mean. Like they're not going to have a lot. But just like Tennessee and Derrick Henry, like you don't have to be down there a lot if you're always giving the ball to your running back. It's fair, and I think it's that's going to be the case here a lot. So James Conner, a, a really strong value for me. Um, Jamie, you got to sell me on this next guy. Uh, on your guy, you got to sell me him being a top sixteen fantasy running back in twenty twenty three. I can't get there. On Brees? I can't get there. You're doing it based off of a seven-game sample size coming off of a major knee injury in which two ligaments were, were torn, and they drafted a, 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 another player to be in this rotation. I think it's going to be a committee approach. I, I I can't get there, but you can sell me. Uh, I will get there because they. I do not think Israel Banikand has taken any touches away from a healthy Brees Hall. So that's... That is where I stand on that fact. Uh, I have Brees Hall uh, projected for 12 games this year, so I am factoring that in. Uh, to me, I think you're going to get a pretty a pretty solid value from a player once he's out there. Uh, I, I think he's got high touchdown potential. I love this is kind of the projection I gave him last year, just over a smaller sample size before he had that that giant glow up. 
I still think he's going to have a lot of success when he's out there. And this is kind of the other guy in this range along with, with Alvin Kamara of the, I think you're going to get borderline RB1 return late in the season. You're just going to have to eat it for a while to get there. Um, I still think it's a high-powered offense. They're going to have more red zone opportunities than they did last year with the addition of how good that offense the is The opposite of the Arizona Cardinals. They're going to be down Correct. there a lot. Correct. I think they're going to be down there a lot, and I think Brees Hall is going to get plenty of those opportunities. Is it a risk? Sure. And that's why I built in this, this spot here for me, which is have missing five games, which could put, some, could put on the pup list, maybe added an extra game there. You know, Right now he's being drafted as an RB1. And he's being ranked as an RB1. And I'm not ready to get there yet until I see him out on the field and being a lot more healthy. I will give him that in the games he does end up playing, understanding you're probably going to get a little bit of a lesser version this year. We just talked about that with other injuries with Javante Williams on the show we just did yesterday. Uh, but I still think you're going to get that value here. And, and I, I think part of this is that running back drops off pretty quickly. And so when you kind of into this range here, you're going, who has that potential league winning upside to me? And I still think that Brees Hall has that when he returns. But yes, there is inherently risk here, which is why he's not among the RB ones where he would have been ranked if he had a healthy knee going into the year. Uh, Kenneth Walker at 15 here, the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, they do bring in Zach Charbonnet, but I don't think that's going to stop Kenneth Walker from being the lead back here in Seattle. We know they're going to want to put a priority on running the football here in 2023. Their second half passing offense wasn't particularly good last year. I think they're going to lean into more grounded pound and run the football. And the person that stands to benefit the most from that is Kenneth Walker. But there are some limitations with him as a player. And I think that's why he ends up being here as RB15 for you. Yeah, uh, I, I like like the player. I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities, has double-digit touchdown potential on the ground, uh, isn't going to be heavily involved in the passing game, which was a factor when we start talking about getting into these RB1 guys and their, multi, their multi-versatile ability to give you fantasy points that, in different I don't directions. think that's a word. Multiversatal? Multiversatal. That's maybe maybe not. I don't like think it's a word, but we'll let you we'll let you we'll let you do it. Merriam Webster will have to we'll have to yeah. check that out. You you have to use a time I'm doing it right if now. you want to check that. You, need you keep, you keep talking. I'm just going to check okay. multiversal for the um, word. I, I do think he's going to get plenty of carries. I haven't projected for a little over 240 carries, over 1,100 rushing yards, about nine to 10 touchdowns. So he's going to provide you plenty of value there on the ground. I'm not worried about him losing a significant amount of touches to Charbonnet or, or anybody else in that offense. But the, again, the thing that's probably holding him back from being that true running back one is that he's just not going to give you all those extra all those extras in the passing game, which is really what can help you lead to those monster weeks. It's I think I think you would just use the term uh, multi versatile. That's how you would. That's how you would do. It. Oh, you would not. It's not. Not don't say versatile. Say versatile. versatile. No, don't do that. Don't do that. That's apparently what the, that's what the internet tells me. It's gross. It's the internet. Miles Sanders. Me. That's what I got for you. All right, Miles Sanders, Chris. Since I know you want to talk about him next, uh, extremely underrated. I feel like he had such a good. Now, if you remember last year, what was the big what was the big knock on Miles Sanders? He had all these touches, all these carries, all the success, and could not find the end zone. Like for a while, like that was the kind of like the running joke with, with Miles Sanders. I love the offense he's in. I love the offense he's in. He's going to get a lot of work. He's in an offense that's going to run the football. He is the clear RB one for me there. That you're going to see a little bit of Chuba Hubbard, maybe in some short yarded situations. But Miles Sanders is going to be the guy. I think he has shown over these last couple of years, and I think he's taken a real step forward. And uh, obviously, leaving the Jalen Hurts offense would hurt a little bit. No pun intended there, but. I do think he's in a, the touchdown is going to be positive touchdown regression for him. I like the offense he's in. He's going to be going to a coach that's going to run the football. He's an ascending player still at this at this stage of his career. 
really underrated for me and is somebody that I would I would be more than happy to draft here right outside the RB1 range. Uh, and the last RB2 for you is Tony Pollard, and I think this is incredibly reasonable, Jamie. I think there there's kind of an over there's an overstatement, I think, of what Tony Pollard's role is going to be in 2023. I think, obviously, going into last year, I think we all felt, and even during the year, Tony Pollard was a really, really solid you know, RB2 option. I think you would be towards the back part of this list, like the 18 to 24 list going in uh, to, to last year. I think now firmly putting him in that RB2 um, conversation with having the backdrop of the dude isn't going to get double the amount of work that he did a year ago now just because Ezekiel Elliott's gone. There's still going to be a work a workload that he's going to share with, uh, with Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn, that, that, that crew that they have there um, in Dallas. And, and so, Maybe Zeke again. Who knows? Maybe Zeke again. Who knows? But So I think splitting the difference of where everybody thinks he's going to be because he's going to get double the workload and he's going to be a top five back and where he was a year ago, RB 18 through 24, I think RB 13 firmly in RB2 is I think the, the perfect kind of splitting of the difference for what uh, Tony Pollard's going to be in 2023. Yeah, and right now he's being ranked and drafted as, as a top eight running back, and I, I can't get there yet. But what, what I do like about Tony Pollard here, he's going to get a decent amount of touches, but I don't think he's going to get 200 carries. I do think they're going to limit the amount of carries that he gets relative to these other top running backs that we're all talking about in the 240s, 250s, and above range. Uh, I do expect him to be used heavily in the passing game still, but it was inconsistent at times last year. And I think we have to be, cons- I think there's at least a little bit of an argument to discuss the, the additions to. Dallas's wide receiving core and the addition of Brandon Cooks, another year back of Michael Gallup, where they might throw the ball a little bit more um, to those wide receivers than they might to the running backs. So I like Tony Pollard a lot. I just think his to you, I think you eloquently put it. You're not just taking his his all his numbers and multiplying it by two and calling it a day. And I think that's what a lot of people are subconsciously doing. And I'm not ready to get there yet. I like him a lot. But he's also coming off of a, of a significant injury that we need to discuss. We haven't seen how he can handle a long-term full-time workload as the RB1. Again, like the player a lot, like the skill set, but I I need a little bit less var- – I need fewer variables uh, in my top eight running back. And I think this is the really good spot for him right now where, like, if you went wide receiver heavy and he's your first running back, like he's his third pick, totally cool with that. Uh, but I'm not ready to go into the season with Tony Pollard as my RB1 unless I have built up a couple other areas first. Like, I'm not willing to take Tony Pollard in in round two right now. All right, Jamie, this next tier of running backs that we're going to discuss, and I think there's a fascinating conversation to be had here. Aaron Jones at 12, Ramondre Stevenson at 11, Joe Mixon at 10, Bijan Robinson at 9, Jameer Gibbs at 8, and Jonathan Taylor at seven. I'd love to talk about all of these players, Jamie, but I think we have to start with you coming to the conclusion. Jameer Gibbs, greater than signed B. John Robinson in fantasy for 2023. Jameer Gibbs, RB8, B. John Robinson, RB9. This is one of the the, the secrets that we've kept here on the show is yeah. way early in the process, you sent me Jameer Gibbs's projection and you said, holy smokes, I'm going to have him higher than B. John. And I said, told you, tried to tell you. Tried to tell you this is the way it was going to pan out. There are a couple of these every year where I come up with a projection that is far beyond what my expectations were. And that's what happened here with Jameer Gibbs. And I, so here's how I got with Gibbs, because it's tough to project rookie players because you don't have anything in the NFL. But what I did was I took a look at this Lions offense with Ben Johnson, and I also took a look at this offense the previous year. And the first year – with DeAndre Swift. 
and how they use the combination of their running backs in that scenario when they had multiple backs and they had one more traditional running back and one more pass catching running back that they drafted. Okay. And that's kind of what we're dealing with here with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs and Jameer Gibbs was a better prospect than Deandre Swift was coming hundred percent. No doubt. So, and Deandre Swift was a good prospect coming out. Don't get yeah, me wrong, but, but, but Jameer, Jameer Gibbs, Gibbs is, clearly is, is a whole yeah. tier up of, of what Deandre Swift was. And I looked at the amount of work that they got and I looked at the way they split this and I went, wow, they could do something really similar this year workload wise and not disrupt the offense. And then I put in the numbers, I put in the athletic comparables, I put it all together and I got a monster season. RB8, baby. RB8 from him. I, I have him just getting over 1,000 yards rushing, seven touchdowns on the ground. I have him getting over 100 targets. Uh, I, I think he has a legitimate chance to lead all running backs in targets. And I, mean, I think obviously it's going to be him, McCaffrey, and Eckler are going to be the the ones to really watch for I'm using in that – Yes, I'm using a timeout because I think there's a there's a there's something that I want to make sure we mention here. And so if you don't, I'm going to use a timeout to make sure that we do. What I think is going to help Jameer Gibbs in 2023 is the fact that really early on in the season, they're not going to have Jameson Williams. And so somebody else is going to have to step up as a pass catcher. I think it is very well clear the record that this show has with being in love with Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay, and when we do the wide receiver show, you'll hear us once again gush about how much we love Amon Ross St. Brown. But after that, Jamie. It's not solidified who's going to be the number two pass catcher. And if you're telling me that for six weeks, the guy that's more than likely going to be the number two pass catcher, Jameson Williams, isn't going to be there, that is the prime opportunity for Jameer Gibbs to make the most impact he can as a player. And I even think with Jameson Williams back, he'll still be able to thrive and have a great role. But those six weeks where they're going to be without Jameson Williams, man, that to me is the real bread and butter of what Jameer Gibbs' 2023 rookie campaign can be. I, and I think that this this is where and he's going to need to be because uh, let's be honest, I, I, there's a lot of hype around the Lions right now, and I think yeah. it's mostly fair. I think it's got a little out of control. You don't have to tell I, me. You don't have to tell me. Oh, I, I, I know, Chris, but but we've talked about this. After Amon Ross St. Brown, can can you off the top of your head, Chris? Don't look this up. Can you name the next three receivers on the depth chart that aren't Jamison Williams? Is DJ Chark still there? Nope, he's in Carolina. Catch passes from Bryce Young. Quintez Cephas still there? I think he was one of the – was he one of the guys that got suspended? I don't know, but no, he's not – he might be on the roster somewhere, but no, okay. he's not one of the next three up on the list. Um, they got uh, Reynolds. Reynolds was there, wasn't he? Josh Reynolds is okay. one of them, yes. Yeah, okay. That's okay. one of those three. I'm right. I, 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 the, the Reynolds pool is probably my claim to fame right now, and I'm, I'm going to stop. Leif Raymond and Marvin Leif Jones. Yeah. And you again, know. nobody loves Marvin Jones Jr. more than I. Maybe no, his own fan. That's yeah, about it. You're the king of the Marvin Jones Jr. bandwagon. But those are just guys. And right now you have a rookie tight end, rookie mid-round tight end in Sam Laporta. So right off the bat, the two players in the passing game that are going to be head, shoulders, knees, and toes above the rest of your roster are Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs. And I believe that they're going to take advantage of Jameer Gibbs. And every indication is that they're going to get really, really creative with him and even more creative than they got with DeAndre Swift at times. I, I would, uh, he is to me in that upper echelon tier of pass catching running backs this year in terms of production. It is him, McCaffrey, and Eckler are in the tier of their own in terms of target volume and catch volume, I think, in this offense. So I think you're going to have a chance here 
to get a running back that could get you nearly or if not a thousand yards on the ground and also a hundred targets. That my friends is a top 10 running back. That is somebody that I want on my team. And he has the path to do that. He's got the offense to do that. He's got the draft capital invested in him to do that. And he's got the skill set to do that. I absolutely am shocked at how much I love Jameer Gibbs. But I look at the way that, again, I didn't think I'd find a way to this many targets in this offense. But then I looked at the offense that this team had a couple of years ago and I found a path. I found a comp. And I went, damn, just give him the DeAndre Swift from a few years ago and he's way better than that in an offense that's way more poised to succeed. I think he could put up scary good numbers this year. And, I think we're going to be talking about Jameer Gibbs as a top five draft you, pick in fantasy next year. Uh, you, 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 you beat me to it. It was exactly what I Sorry. was going to say. It was Sorry. exactly what I was going to say. You can I, edit that out and just just dub yourself back in. No, I, I agree 100%. And again, this is not – and you have him ranked in front of Bijan, and that was kind of the, the, the start of this conversation. Not to say that Bijan's not going to be very good, right? That's not what we're saying here. But Jameer Gibbs, there's such a, there's such a path for him to be a difference maker because of what he can do in the passing game. But I think I think they're I think it's a special season. I think for him as a rookie. Like yeah. I, I think it's one of those special rookie seasons from a player. I in our league that we have, I got him. I yeah. got him in our in our rookie, I know. I remember in our rookie how draft. Um and I'm Whoa. over the moon that I that I was able to, to snag him. And by the way, I still have David Montgomery's RB twenty two. Right. You know what I mean? It's not it's it's not like I, I think there's room for both these guys to have success in this offense, especially because they're gonna be used differently. But uh I I, I'm getting Jameer Gibbs shares wherever I can because I think right now Bijan Robinson is getting overdrafted. Do you know? Uh, I'm going to ask you: Have you have you done an underdog? They're not sponsoring this this show, but they they were a former sponsor. Um, and well, I like friends. Those guys over we there. like those guys over there. Yeah, at least like cousins of the show. Have you done an underdog best ball draft? I have not done one yet. I will be okay. doing one shortly. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this: Where do you think Bijan is getting drafted among running backs right now? Bijan is RB five. RB three. That's absurd. I love listen, there's nobody that loved Bijan more in the process than than me. Okay. I was the king at TDN of draft Bijan in the top ten. There was nobody that stood on the table more. RB three, that's a little ridiculous. That I, yes, to me, that's a little ridiculous. And right now he's being ranked as the RB three in ECR. I'm not doing it. No, I, I, I can't like him a lot. That. By the way, I have him being an 1,100-yard rusher with 10 touchdowns. Like, I think he's going to have a very, very good rookie season. I'm just uh, – taking him at RB3 is just sapping every every ounce of potential upside and more out of his value. You get no – you're getting nothing at that point. You, you He needs to then be the one percentile player or I guess 99th percentile player in his rookie season for you to even get a return on that investment. I like him as an RB8. I'm willing to discuss him around the turn of round one, which means I'm never going to get him, and I understand that now. Uh, but again, I like him a lot. Have him uh, where I have him projected here. 242 carries, 1,162 yards, nine and a half touchdowns, 41 catches, 375 passing yards, maybe one, one and a half touchdowns through the air. Really, really solid season from him coming up, and I like him a lot. But boy, I think he is the guy that's going really real. He is the most overdrafted running back in the top 10 right now, in my opinion. For those of you watching the YouTube version of the show, you have seen me in the, during that entire monologue that Jamie was going on. I was looking down at my phone. I am attempting to acquire the number two pick in my uh, dynasty redraft so that I can take Jameer Gibbs in that league as well. I'm, I'm frantically working very hard uh, to get that deal done now after this conversation. All right, Jamie, let's uh, let's let's close out with the, the last guys on this list. Um, Saquon well, Barkley. 
time out quickly. Before you do that, I do want to mention You've that. You've got one left now. You burn I know. One. I got to be careful. Yep. Uh, Joe Mixon. Until something happens with No, him, he's, the, he's like, the starting running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, I, and he's going to be used. He, yeah, 100%. 100%. His ADP is RB17. I, 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 he comes in RB10 for me. Until he's not used, all right. this guy does is put up RB1 numbers for you on a great offense with no competition. So, like, that's that's I, a little disrespectful. That, that's a little disrespectful. There is no competition. Tradeon Williams and Chase, Browns are, Chase Brown are not uh, threatening Joe Mixon's It's time. disrespectful. To Chase so Brown something happens with him. Oh, I I, I, everybody's running away, and I feel like people that draft early are going to get a steal with him. They're going to get a steal because I think this is going to normalize once we get – I mean, June 13th, nothing's happened yet. When is he getting cut? He's not. He's not. So, like, talk to me in August when he's back up where he's supposed to be. But if you're drafting now, he's a tremendous value for you. The top six for Jamie Eisner's fantasy football half PPR rankings at the running back position. Number six, Saquon Barkley. Number five, Nick Chubb. Josh Jacobs, number four. Derrick Henry, number three. Austin Eckler, number two. Christian McCaffrey, number one. There's no real debate about the top two, in my opinion. Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler, and it's here among their own. Jamie, are you a little worried about Josh Jacobs being at four? I'm a little worried that a third of this list isn't under contract. Yeah. A third of the top six is not under contract. It's a little concerning to me. We will take on it, Josh Jacobs. Jameer (laughs) Gibbs, baby. RB6. He's going to move up the board. Um, So uh, I think that here's this. I I do fully expect at this point Saquon and Josh Jacobs to play when we get to week one. And, And I think... The, uh, the Le'Veon Bell uh, horror story has probably scared off a lot of these guys from actually sitting out real-life games at the running back position when it all comes down to it. But uh, I do think, obviously, it's worth noting. Um, can you tell me why nobody wants to, to draft Derrick Henry in the top uh, because, five? Anymore? Because they think, they think he's over the hill and they think the Titans are going to be bad and they're not going to run the ball a lot because they're going to be down and the team sucks. That's what, that's what they think is going on there. Did you know? Well, the team did the team suck last year. Uh, the team was not very good last year, Jamie. That would be correct. Okay, and particularly late in the year when they went on those losing streaks, and he was getting all those great games. That would be correct. Yes. Okay. Um, did you know that he had only the only two running backs to average more points than him last year in fantasy were Eckler and McCaffrey? Oh, and those would be the two people that are ranked higher than him on this list. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, this is this is a I think a clear case of just overthinking it. Just trying try to do too much. It. They're trying to. I think people are trying to to get ahead of the of the Derrick Henry uh, over the. This feels like they know Derrick Henry probably's only got a couple more years of peak fantasy performance, and they want to be ahead of the curve on predicting the downfall. Sure, and, and I think there's. It's reasonable to say that. It's also reasonable to say that I don't think this is a guy that's flirting away the 1,800, 1,900 rushing yards anymore. But is there any reason why he can't give you fifteen hundred and a dozen touchdowns on the ground? I, I, I or fifteen hundred and thirteen. The the James Conner conversation of where the touchdowns going to come from. I would like to have that same conversation with the Tennessee Titans. Sure, where they didn't come? No, no. Where are they coming from if they are not coming from Derrick Henry? They're not scoring touchdowns. Uh, correct, correct. And by the way, I think they're going to throw it to continue throw it to him a little more. Not a lot, but I think he can be a. 45 maybe 50 target guy like i don't think that's crazy anymore because uh, it's not exactly like hassan haskins or, or tajay spears are are great options as pass catchers be respectful you a lot of disrespect to backup running backs as in the last pass catchers uh taj no not tajay yeah no that's i, I know hassan haskins is going to be the guy in that role but it's not like he's setting the world on fire so like you still have 
a ton of volume and a ton of touchdown upside. And look, if you want to put him behind Saquon or you want to put him behind Nick Chubb, that I mean, okay, that's fine. If you take him somewhere in the top five, that's fine with me. If you don't want to take him third, you want to take him fifth, I'm cool with that. But I'm seeing him go ninth. Not ninth right now is his ADP, but I'm seeing him go like 10th, 11th among running backs. I'm just like, I, I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I think it's overthinking it. I think it is overthinking. You know what we didn't overthink? Doing this list. We're done. In the books. Close it up. We've got sleepers tomorrow on the show. One more running back themed show for you this week. We will get into some sleepers. We'll have some arguments about some players that uh, that I think Jamie has ranked too low. And it will be a very fun conversation. You guys can come on back and see us again tomorrow. In the meantime, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Share the podcast with somebody. Join us on the YouTube side of things. You can see the video version of the show over there as well. The Draft Network on YouTube. you got multiple different avenues for you to be able to listen to the show. We greatly appreciate you checking us out here each and every day. Hope everybody has a great rest of their day. We got one more running back show in the books for you this week. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.